These are not just stories. These are dreams, passions, experiences. You are now in this dash. I want to look greasy. No, you look fine. Yeah, you, look, you look fabulous, darling. You look, you look Black Panthery. <laughs> like, 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 That's that like, post-birthday uh, glow. There you go. And so my brain is This is my first morning sober in the past five days. Congratulations. Happy belated birthday again, bro. Uh-oh. Look at, look at my lift-up yeah. desk. Uh-oh. Yeah. Where I'm going? Where I'm going? I don't know where you're going. You're yeah. going to some poom-poom. You're going down. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, my bad. I mean, honestly, being that Lucrezia is one of my closest friends, she's heard me use the phrase poom poom like probably too much. Nope. So. I don't know her like that to be saying poom poom. I, I feel you. I, you don't do it. Yeah, I, I will not be doing it. You better not. I do. will. You can pat my crotch, can say whatever he wants. <laughs> Ready in five, four, three, two. Welcome to another episode of In The Stash Podcast. I'm your host, Stephon Bishop, alongside Patrick J. Felix, Theron Johnson, Raymond Sanchez, and we have back for round two, Lakeisha Boston. I think what a sound effect for therapy would be for therapists. It's probably, yeah. Mental note, mental note, mental note. Namaste. It'd be like a yoga. It'd be like namaste or something like that. Like, how do you feel? That, that's how it is. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? I was listening. Uh, I was listening. <laughs> so, yes, for those of you who might have, for some reason, skipped part one, uh, Lucretia is a licensed professional counselor uh, dealing with relationship and financial therapy. Um, so she's a, you know, LPC, you know, if we want to use some acronyms out there in the universe yeah, and today's topic well before we get to the topic how you feeling you know how you doing how you, how you, I, know, I know we just ask that to make sure you're still gotta make sure our people good before we everybody else how you feeling you're good i'm feeling good man feeling really drinking good your, drinking your water i am hydrating i need to oh i can't see it off screen there it goes <laughs> well Bert, wait wait birthday shout out we have to give birthday shout out to pat even though we yeah, did we, that off air but let's give yeah. him some props on air so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop a, drop a, I don't know what. Drop a bomb. A bomb, yeah. That's, that's a bomb. That's yeah. Bombs over Baghdad, Outcast style. Wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Outcast style. Over, oh, over the Outcast. <laughs> the Outcast. Uh, I'm sorry, FCC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, nice. Yeah, Pat's uh, celebrating another year of life. He's, he's uh, over here. Old man. Lying. Buying property, yeah, he's doing old man things. Buying old man Logan, starting a family. <laughs> oh, my bad. I said that on air. My bad. Now she knows. Now she knows. She's gonna be like, "We starting a family." <laughs> you sure it's me? What's going on? Uh oh. <laughs> All right. So today's topic. Um, hopefully we don't get sued, but we're hijacking a very famous song money power respect maybe we could put that drop in there like 20 seconds of it maybe nope and yeah. nice. I, like I think it's like gotta be less than 10 seconds nope. in order for us to lose oh where kid you couldn't be more wrong I yeah. just need the money we're just gonna chop it up nope uh <laughs> kim ain't gonna sue nobody man she don't even look the same sorry uh, what she has to look the same in order for him to follow that suing but you know exactly all right we're going to tangents um but this is something very new to me i've never heard of this a day in my life i had to google it financial therapist um so we looked up you know I, I i listen i know everybody in the world gonna be like what does financial therapy entail 
So I'm just going to open up the floor for you to just give us some background first <laughs> and before can we he... even jump into questions. <laughs> okay, well, actually, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to jump into a question. Can I, can I guess what financial therapy means? And of course, like, you know, you correct us because oh, I feel so like. Want, all right, so you want everybody to guess before she kind of, yeah, right. I, I think I'm going to kind of go, right? All right, so. so go ahead, Pat. Yeah. You can start it off. No, no, man, I'm shivering. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, shivering. Right. Oh, now you want to play the. Go ahead, Tarot. Go ahead, Tarot. Go ahead, Tarot. Oh, so I got to go first? Fine. I'll, I'll lead the way. Um, I'm probably clearly wrong on this, but I'm thinking something like how retail therapy is using your money to buy stuff or whatever financial therapy is saving your money to maintain a proper mental space because sometimes people look at their bank accounts and they just go crazy and living check to check rather than actually trying to be stable for the long term. So that's okay. that's my... That's your answer? Yeah, it's my intent. Right. Stick into it. Go ahead, Raymond. All right. So I'm going to step out on a limb and say financial therapy is just basically helping someone understand the value that finances, money, equity, and all these things could have on like your mental psyche or your disposition. You Google that? Okay. Huh? I know, right? <laughs> I'm watching you. I'm like, did you Google it? You reading something? No, I know, right? Go ahead, Pat. Uh, I mean, for me, I think mine's would be simple. Like, basically, like, if, if like, you know, normal, th- regular therapy is like, you know, for your mind is basically like our relationship with money. At least that's, that's like how I would uh, break it down as small as possible. I'm going to speak for the people in the universe. It means prenup. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought when I, I was like, financial therapy, prenup. That's what it is. You wouldn't be in this position if you had a that prenup. Is- you that wouldn't need this therapist. You'll be, you'll be, you have all the peace of mind if you had that prenup. I have 500 right. mil. She got 250. Wait. I need a therapist. So right. <laughs> Wait, before you answer the question, Ms. Boston, I got, did anybody else try to like read her nonverbal cues to see if you were closest to the answer? Because I know I did. Oh yeah, like she she drew a blank when you were talking. So yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah I know, so I know, you know I'm clearly got. off. Or I know you don't, I know you don't yeah. got it. <laughs> she was like, ugh. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. Now, now let's let's give it a floor. Sorry, I, I missed that. You said what? Oh, I said you got the floor. You got the floor. Oh, hey, sorry. Um, okay, yeah. So it's it's actually a little bit of of all of those things, but Pat would be the closest with it. It's about a relationship you have with your money, um, and how to have that healthy of a relationship mm. that you can have with your money. I like being right. So, um, so like Pat said, even if you think about therapy just in general, right? So I talked before about a lot of times we tell ourselves the same story over and over and over again. We get these messages, um, usually through childhood that we grow up with. Um, and we, we have also gotten the same messages with money, right? So is money something that you, once you get it, you spend it, do you hoard it and save it? Do you, you know, rainy day funds, all of these things, right? And once you're older and you're starting to, to have money yourself, how do you relate to your money? You know, does it, are you stuck with it? Do you have a scarcity mindset? Um, all of those things play a part. And so for people, especially entrepreneurs who are exploring, how do I make more money? What does this look like? Um, they may find that they're stuck. So sometimes they're looking more, um, externally with, I just have to make more money. When sometimes how you even view money is, is the problem. And so that's what I work with people about is 
what's your relationship with money and then how can you have a healthier relationship with money so question just so we can again we're going to want to paint this picture as, as beautiful as you can yeah. is this a general topic like is this general therapy like that most people practice or was this like introduced like five years ago ten years ago like how long has financial therapy um, been an actual practice that people can actually see? Because in my head, I've never, like, in my, I just view, like, is Bill Gates going to see a person? <laughs> like, I got too much money. Yeah. Stressing me out. What should I do? Yeah, but I mean, what, it makes sense, too, though. Yeah. yeah. It's very much in, in the infancy stage. So it's, it's okay. incredibly new. Um, even a lot of therapists haven't heard of financial therapy. So when I introduced myself as a relational relationship and financial therapy, they're like, well, what is that? Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's very, very, very new. So has Kanye reached out to you? Because I feel like he, <laughs> he's the perfect. <laughs> I think I'm going to go on Twitter and just be like, hey, Kanye, this is who you should speak to. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just feel like he would benefit from some financial therapy. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we, we have a framework of what it is. And so I'm guessing it doesn't have to be just a, a business or someone with an entity. It can just be like, you know, Joe Schmo who has a job and is just worried about his savings and his checking, right? Exactly. Or like what you said, when it comes to a prenup, there's mm. a lot of emotions around prenup, right? The person giving it versus the person who's receiving it. Um, so sometimes it's even about let's explore this and what that looks like. And, you know, am I just signing the piece of paper because I really want the wedding or am I harboring some resentment? Like, is this fair? Is yeah. what's in the paperwork? Do I even feel like it's fair? Um, and so, you know, all of those things can play a part in it. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be about a business. Um, it's even, I want to um, get a raise. And what does that look like? Do I even feel comfortable or confident enough to seek a raise? Or do I just, you know, dismiss it and tell myself, no, 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 no. I'll just, I'll just keep saving. I can, I can be okay with what little I might have. Ooh, you just said something that's triggering. But, um, so... I, I learned this lesson a long time ago. Um, the, the simplest phrase, closed mouths don't get fed, right? Um, and I keep that in life. And I, I can only speak for the community of friends that I have and the, the people that I'm aware or that come to me with this information. But I notice with the Black community, people in general struggle to say this is what I'm worth, right? Like sometimes we'll, we'll be applying for a job and we're like, well, I don't want to ask for too much. And I'm all, my, my thought process to anyone that comes to me with like that question is always like, they will just counter or, you know, they will just meet you at what you feel you deserve. Um, but I notice it more with my black friends, right? Like we're, 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 we're fearful of saying like, I am worth this amount. Um, you know, we, we try to find like, you know, the, the industry standard. And I'm like, forget what the industry is saying. What do you think you're worth? Um, how do you start to have that conversation? Um, and how do you, or what skill sets do you, you know, place within um, development that people can start to put a proper value on their worth and use that in life, right? Because it, it, it comes from like self-value, right? You got to first value yourself, I feel like. And then you can go out and say like, I am worth this for this position. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's looking at the messages that you talked about. So, right, if you have the message that closed mouths don't get fed, that has benefited you in multiple areas in your life. 
for somebody else who have who's probably gotten the message that you don't ask for too much um, or um, there's there's some fear attached to it that if I ask for something and I offend them, then I just they say no and walk away and I've just lost everything. Right. I don't even get the job. Um, so they have to explore that one and be aware that that's what they're bringing to the table, right? Because if that's what you're bringing to the table, you're, you're more likely to ask or you're asking for it kind of shyly. So then that person is like, well, no. Um, and then the other thing is, so you do want to look at where you, you want to have an idea of, of what the, the industry is making. So you have a baseline. And then if you want to go above that, you look at the skill sets that you have and what else you can bring to the table. So sometimes that's even about having a conversation of what your work ethic is. Um, is it up to par? Is there something else you need to work on? Do you need to you know, get more skill sets or classes or whatever the case is? Are you really prepared and, and ready to get what you're asking for? And are you, you know, willing to give extra in order to get the money, right? So it's all of those things that they that they have to explore. Um, and the fear of rejection is something that that everybody experiences, but you have to be willing to move past that. So it's like you said, the worst that they could do is counter or they just flat out and say no, but at least you know, right? It doesn't have to just completely wipe you out. It doesn't have to um, you know, have this intense negative effect on you, but at least you know where you stand. And if you don't like it, then you know you have other options. I think in our community, the biggest thing is we don't think we have options. And we yeah. do. And um, I'll say this one sec, just to just one point. The yeah. reason I got that mantra of like closed mouths don't get fed, um, a white manager told me that. He was like, if you never ask for what you want, you'll never get it. He was like, I don't know what you want until you say it, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Wow, thank you. And I was like, and from from that moment on, I would always say, like, the minute I'm interviewing a position, like, what's your desired salary? The number that I want, I always go ten thousand more. Yep. <laughs> so if they counter, they're gonna hit my number no matter. Sorry, don't listen to this any future employer. <laughs> I mean, but like, I think, but that's the truth though, and that, and that makes like a lot of sense. Like, do we do know like in our communities? Like, you know, sometimes we barely even add, talk about like, you know, how much we even make, right? Like you get into the job, you don't want nobody to really know how much you make because you feel like they won't find out. And then, you know, that it's going to mess things mess up, up for me. you. Yeah. Exactly, right? Because like we're thinking of like, you know me, but like, even though that's true, yes, but we should look out for ourselves when asking, right? Like when you do get a job opportunity, like, you know, that's, that's your like haggling that you did that awarded you like the salary that you got, whether it's like much, much higher or much lower. Um, do you think like uh, with... And with your financial therapy, are there uh, for folks that you may have met, like, you know, from our community, do you find like there's like a trend, like we tend to just ask for much less than, you know, so that we can just get the job uh, rather than um, just going for broke? We don't ask at all, right? So when we apply for a job, if there's a salary attached to it, we think, okay, great, I'll just go with that salary. A lot of people don't even know that they can negotiate the salary. Um, and so sometimes that's just even what we talk about in my practice, which is, you know, have you talked to them, whether it's for a raise or, or getting the job, have you talked to them about whether or not the salary is negotiable or are you willing to negotiate the salary or even telling people if you don't want to negotiate the salary, are you comfortable negotiating the benefits package? 
So those are other things. Or if, if the job isn't willing to negotiate salary, okay, fine. I'm comfortable with this salary, but can we talk about some other things, right? So can I start getting insurance within the next 30 days rather than waiting 90 days? Right. So those are things that people aren't even aware that they can negotiate. People, once they, whatever's on the paper is what they accept. Um, and so just getting, letting people know, giving them the permission that you don't have to accept that you can at least just ask and see where the conversation leads you. Um, I, the, the idea of negotiating is also really um, scary for people. It's uncomfortable for people, but we negotiate things all day long throughout our lives with That's everybody true. around us. We're constantly. Oh, life is a negotiation. <laughs> but, yeah. We and, go to Foot Locker and we'd be like, yo, I want discount. That's like, <laughs> true. We're right, we're right. To, to how much money you make, people are really, really stuck. They, they, don't, they don't think that they can act. They don't think that they can set a standard. They don't think that they can give a little bit of pushback. Um, and sometimes it's just about saying you absolutely can and here's how you can do that and do it in a way that's fair and that doesn't make you look like an a-hole to your employer or to your potential employer. Well, to coincide with that, um, I think people have to realize that if you got a call back from a company in the first place, that should instill a vote yeah. of confidence that they want you. Like, you should know, like, all right, now that they call me, let me do a little bit of research and see what the market value of this salary is because you have a have to know where you live because certain salaries are not going to pay as much as like in new york versus atlanta because cost of living is cheaper in atlanta but at the same time you should know what they're what they are willing to pay because usually it's a ratio so like a certain range and then know what you feel confident what your abilities can assess so based based research and Stefan's a big advocate for it like information yeah. is always free you could Very just free. have to vet it correctly that's the main thing mm -hmm. um i'll say this a recruiter told me once you should always ask what the salary range is because they would they're obligated to tell you right um and most positions have different levels so it might be a role they might be level one level two level three level like some companies have up to six levels um, your experience can dictate your level. So just because they posted it as a position that might be a level two, you might say, hey, what are the requirements for level three? I checked those boxes as well. Can this position be upgraded? Because I've had that happen where I'm like, hey, this seems a little bit junior. I'm more senior and they've changed the level for me. Um, but it would have never happened if I'd never started the dialogue. Yeah. Um, so I think it is, again, research, like Tyrone said, is very key. Um, the you're more confident in a conversation when you can speak to things that are more factual. So most people, if you come from a place of just, you know, uncertainty, it's going to, it's going to play out in your, you know, your behavior, your mannerisms, everything you say. And then that person's going to be like, mm, I don't think you really deserve, you don't seem confident like you deserve this. So why should I even think about giving it to you? Mm -hmm. um, I think the other thing I'll say too, is that, so even like understanding your salary, there's education with that, right? Because then people don't even realize, especially when they're getting their first job, whether it's out of college and they see, okay, there's $30,000, $60,000, whatever, but they're not taking taxes into consideration. So they're thinking my salary is $60,000, I'm taking home $60,000 and you're not. And so then it becomes, oh, okay. So now there's some fear 
they're starting to learn, they're educating themselves, and then there's some resentment, right? And so now you're unhappy with your job or you don't know what the next move is or how, how do you pay your rent, your mortgage, pay for your kids, your student loans, you want to do nice things or have nice things. So it, it, it becomes, so then it ends up where people are up in the middle of the night worrying about money. And so then, you know, that, that becomes, you know, just a snowball effect where people, yeah. Yeah. And I think like, um, like just even to like give like true to life, like, like, you know, context, like one of the things I feel about like us, especially in our community is we won't, we don't, we're not going to leave if we're happy. Right. So, and when you're unhappy, you're kind of low, you're low, you're pretty much willing to take almost anything that's not where you currently are, which is another reason as to why we tend to lowball ourselves. So I do think that we, it's, you know, not the usual, but I do think it's best to look for a new, new employment when you actually are still feeling in, like in a good space. Like you're like, all right, I did a good stint. Maybe I can start looking at different options rather than, oh man, you tired of my boss hitting me with the fridge. I don't, I don't know where our people work, but I'm just saying like, you know, and, and then just like, you're like, okay, I can't do that. <laughs> Yo, if you're getting hit with Yo. a fridge, man, we got other things. We That's a big about. issue, man. But, um, but yeah, like I, we ha- you have to, you have to advocate for yourself. I've had a job offer where I told them no a couple of times until they started talking some real stuff. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know they did this. I, I, I actually didn't want to leave, but I'm interested now. So yeah. Another thing that I talk to um, clients about too, especially with our community, I know a couple years ago, the conversation around black tax was huge. That's the other thing that I talk to my clients about because when they're looking for jobs, if you're not taking into account the amount of money that you're having to give back to other family members because you feel obligated or that's because that's your personality and and that's fine too, um, then there becomes, again, a lot more stress and then resentment towards family members and things like that. So, I love that term, black tax. That's the facts. But I have somewhat of a two-parter because um, hearing you use the word exploration, you know, being able to explore yourself, explore your opportunities and know your worth. Um, so how could we identify when we're, when we're thuttering, like when we're walking that tightrope, that thin line between being greedy and being ambitious? And also to follow with that, when should we start the, the, the conversation of financial literacy, like within our lives, within our kids' lives, um, with general, within the black community? Because I feel like this has been a, a, a holdback for um, us growing up. Like for me personally growing up, a lot of things I had to learn as an adult, which, you know, I don't want my, my daughter to have to learn that as an adult. I want to teach her it from young so she grow into it and it becomes a habit. ASAP <laughs> is the word I want to use, ASAP. Not Rocky. So the the first part of your question, ambitious versus greedy, the person gets to define that. And it's based on whatever messages they got coming up. So to to talk about and to ask what you're worth, if somebody else can say, well, that person's incredible, they should be grateful that they even have what they have. But the fact that they want more, that means that they're greedy. No, that could just be that that person's ambitious. So it's it's subjective. Um, only that individual can decide if it's greedy or ambitious. Um, I would say making sure that it doesn't put you in harm's way, making sure that um, depending on what season you are in life. So, so for instance, if you're single and you don't have a lot of obligations to other people, maybe you can work 70 hours a week and you're okay with that. 
Um, if you do have obligations to somebody else and your partner is complaining about you working 70 hours a week, then there's, there has to be some, <laughs> has to be some <laughs> compromise or some conversations there. I'm pointing at Pat. Seventy hour work weeks. It just depends on who you are and where you are. You get to decide that. Um, as a financial therapist, I'll help you kind of figure that out and what that means for you. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's just what I'll say about that. And then when it comes to financial literacy, I don't think you can start too young talking to children about money. Now, depending on the conversation, right? So you can, right? So playing Monopoly was about financial literacy. Um, so play, talking about, you know, your piggy bank and putting money in, your, in a child's piggy bank, that's financial literacy. And then as they get older, talking to your teenager about getting a job and saving money and paying taxes, um, all of those things, that's financial literacy. So, and, and I've said this before um, in, in, in our last topic that uh, you have to though be mindful that you can't teach something that you don't know yourself. So we also have to make sure that we are, we have some financial literacy and, and that's, that's a journey too, that whatever you start out with, as you master those skills, you can move into other areas. And so having those conversations, Pat said it earlier, that sometimes in the Black community, we also just don't have those conversations of how much somebody makes, conversations about negotiating, um, jobs and saving and buying property and, and all of those things. We just up and buy things, because, but we don't, we don't discuss what that process looks like, right? Or if the message that you got is you put your money in areas that other people can see, you don't invest it, you wear it, you drive it, you don't even live in it, right? You put it on your feet or you wear it on your around your neck or your earrings. That also plays a part in it. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot that people really have to sift through. That financial literacy isn't about just saving and budgeting or spending. It's also about how you how you relate to money. What does that look like specifically for you? How much of it does credit apply to it? Because I've known some parents that have children that they start to put their children from young on their credit cards so they can start to build their credit from young. Because along with financial therapy, I think credit somewhere falls underneath that umbrella because credit is very important. Ooh. Credit is the only thing that matters. I'm laughing. I'm laughing ahead because this is an interesting topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> credit is the so, only thing that matters. We we live in different parts of the U.S., right? So I'm in St. Louis. My understanding yeah. about New York City is that credit is a very big deal, right? When it comes everything. to everything, everything, well, everything. Right. Actually, the only thing that's more important than credit, right? I it's not for me. So those are those are things <laughs> I can still get a house with zero credit. See, that's not fair, man. <laughs> oh, man I want to vent for like. Yo, let's move to St. Louis because we can get good barbecue too. So let's nice, move to St. Louis. You telling me yeah. you just go up and like, I like this house. They're like, you want it? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, you that blows it? our mind. That's like mind boggling to us because that does not exist. Right. Like at all. I'm going to give you one example. Go ahead. Let her go. Let her finish. Let her finish. There are things that are just different. So, you know, when Pat was looking into condos or apart, do I buy, do I rent? 
it was it was very eye-opening that you needed even a real estate agent just to rent a, a an apartment that i can i can do that on my own and so yeah some things it just it, it some things are different so it depends on who you're talking to i get that if my client is very much into credit that's a conversation that we're we're gonna have i'm not gonna say just do away with credit don't worry about it if you want to build your credit um i can put you you know i can refer you to people that will help you do that we can talk about that all of those things um because i want to help you meet whatever goal that it is that you're meeting um but personally credit is I'll say this though, I think it's important to say it, and I'm gonna say it. Uh, the construct of credit was created to have gatekeepers control access, yeah. right? So, so think of when credit comes into play. The minute you want to do something that can be life changing, right? Buy a property, buy a building. They do it in the cities that are major cities to control what we have access to, right? So, someone has to tell me I can make $150,000 a year. And the rent could be $1,500 for an apartment. But if my credit is maybe a 620, then the landlord can be like, well, we don't want that person, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, I can pay the rent, right? What is the issue? I've had a job for 10 years, you see, mm -hmm. right? But they, they've put all these hurdles, I call them, for us to have to jump over in regards of trying to gain access to things. And it's the same if you wanted to start a business, right? You need a line of credit to, everybody needs a line of credit to get the business up and running. Um, the minorities are less likely to get that because they're going to be like, well, your credit history is not over a 750 or whatever it might be. Um, so I think, you know, in the major cities, it's very important um, for people coming to major cities who have, like, for instance, if you were born and raised in St. Louis and like credit for you was like, whatever, you come to New York City, now you're like, wait, right. I can't get a place. Right? <laughs> She's crashing by me until we get a spot. Right, you know, like, so... They, they created a, a wheel, right? And if you're not in that game, you know, that's why I say credit is the most, you can have no money at all, but have great credit and you'll get whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, for the viewers and the listeners out there, I think, you know, pay attention to your credit. I think that's the one thing, if you take anything away from this, there's one thing we didn't touch on it. And I want to touch on it because all this knowledge you have, I want to know, are you single? Are you in a relationship? And the reason I'm asking, <laughs> the reason I'm asking, I just want to be like, I just want to know, like, how either maybe it's really good or maybe it's not. Like, how challenging is it is being this knowledgeable about self-awareness, um, mental health, and, like, being with a partner? Because, like, I mean, I'm using you as the example because you're the therapist, but I'm just, I know people out there, like, like Pat's, like, he's in therapy. What if his significant other was not? Like, eh, I don't like therapy, right? How is that dynamic when you have that, um, especially when it comes to financial therapy, where you might be like, you know what, money really affects me in many ways and you're careless and we're together and I got to pay half the bills because you're <laughs> out gambling and buying yeah. your <laughs> So for the couples out there, like how do you bridge your two worlds and find some uh, unity? Yeah, so finances are huge in relationships exactly for that reason. One person's a spender, the other one's a saver. Um, one person grew up really poor, the other one grew up, grew up with a really lavish lifestyle, um, and they happened to find each other. And so it's really about having those conversations and, and, and showing up and telling somebody why, how their, how their behaviors affect you and impact you. And if you're in a relationship, that should matter. Um, with the understanding though, that you cannot change or control the other person. Right. So if you're a saver, 
you can't tell and force somebody to start saving when they're naturally a spender. You can have, you know, maybe some budget conversations and this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not. And, or sometimes that just, it, it, the conversation is really, we have to go our separate ways. And so that just, it just okay. depends, right? Cause it's about what, it's about making sure that both people feel safe in a relationship. And if I don't have that safety around finances because you're a gambler or you're constantly spending or you have an addiction of some sort or you have another person on the side that you're giving money to, that entanglement, entanglement, entanglement. Or, or I forgot to say that earlier. Yeah. So, so, so it, it just, it depends. It's, it's all, and that's why therapy also exists is to help two people. And sometimes even just one person as they're grappling with who they were in the past and how they're moving towards being this new person and learning new behaviors and new spending habits and saving habits. Um, having these two halves come together and, and work. And, and sometimes that, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, you know, like I said, sometimes people That's just honest. Okay. Um, he, I he didn't answer my question though, but it's okay. <laughs> no, no, I said, are you uh, are you single, married? We don't know. I was trying to answer it. Too. And you also don't have to answer it too. I know. <laughs> single, but yeah, I think okay. sometimes it, it depends on the partner that I have and what amount of self-awareness that they have. And I think that that's with any relationship. Like a lot of times people aren't on the same level at the same time and growing at the same speeds. So I have a burning question. I just need like your bestest quick answer. It better be fuego. Bestest, quickest. (laughs) So uh, in terms of like sociology and psychology, I know there's two different avenues. Is there any relativity towards that for like mental health? You mean, do they both relate with one another? Yeah, when it comes down to like, like it's almost like group sessions or group think kind of theories, but like, do they like help with like the overall aspect of mental health? Oh, yes, yes. So um, sociology is really about the understanding of society and how that works and, and social behaviors and things like that. And then psychology um, is about mind and behaviors. And so even as a therapist, I worked for a long time in the social work field and then switched over and worked primarily in, in the psychology field. And so there's a lot of back and forth. There are... Um, Social workers who have licensed clinicals um, and, or licensed clinics, and so they will do therapy as well. So, um, yeah, if you're more comfortable working with a social worker as opposed to a psychology therapist, that's that's definitely an option. Study of people for sociology and interactions in society, and then for psychology, obviously your psyche and your mind. Right. Yeah. Okay, Steph, you're you're a step us out of here. I was gonna say this this this, this has been a free session. To everybody listening, facts, yo. She normally <laughs> she normally charged for this. <laughs> a whole arm Check, and leg. Yeah, yeah. The free, the first one was on us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one more time, we're gonna throw a round of applause in and pose. But we're gonna give you a big round of applause. We're gonna do our snap outs. How we do it because. You have been amazing with the knowledge and the gems. Um, and we definitely got to wrap because we're pressed for time. But again, we want to make sure anybody that's listening has the ability to reach you. 
So go ahead and shoot them the information one more time because this is part two. Yeah. We're part one, now, hopefully. If you yeah. didn't hear part one, go back and hear part one. But this is part two. Back. <laughs> and then come back. Feel uh, free to email me anytime. STL, like St. Louis, STL, the number two, Boston, which is my last name, at live.com. I am always here to help. Beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. And um, is there any websites that people can look for that you, I guess, frequent for financial literacy? Oh, wow. So Dave Ramsey is a huge one. Huge, huge, huge Dave Ramsey fan. Nice. See that, people? We're giving you tools, man. The tools are around you. So this has been an amazing episode. My name is Stefan Bishop. You can find me on all social media platforms at Stefan Bishop. That's S-T-E-P-H-O-N. If you can't spell Bishop, uh, the sound of the alarm, right? You heard it, right? Police coming to get me. Gotta go. <laughs> Next. Hey, Ray. Ray? Raymond Sanchez. Raymond Sanchez on Facebook, RLS underscore JR on Instagram and Twitter. I'm TJ. Um, you can find me at really TJ on Instagram or Twitter. Um, if you can't spell that, just look at the little box right there and everything. So I'm going to pass it on to Podcast P. And last but not least, Patrick Felix. You can find me on Facebook at Patrick J. Felix. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at P-A-T-M-C-C-R-O-T-C-H. And that is kind of crash. So. I will see you guys. Uh, I wanted to say thank you so very much. No, I'm an overglosser. Thank you so very much for participating in this. I am so grateful. One of my closest friends, and I'm glad to see we can actually showcase like, your gifts that I see for our viewers as well. Yes, yes. Really yes. Shout out all to the LPCs. Uh, LPCs. <laughs> LPCs. You know me. Zoom going to kick us out, I think, but I'm going to just rock it until... <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> uh, but thank you for this episode, and we're out! <laughs>